Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other, so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. We're heading into our third year of The Collab, and you can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Good morning and afternoon, everyone. This is Elizabeth Goodwin-Wellborn, and I'm the founder and creative director of Stick and Ball. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with Emerald Carroll, a New York-based creative director and brand strategist. Hi, Emerald. Hi, how are you? I am good. It's so nice to learn more about your background. You're from San Francisco. I am. Yes, and that's I'm just a hop, skip, and a jump over the bridge in Marin County. Love it, love it. But I didn't grow up here, so I would love to know what was it like growing up in the Bay Area, and what were some of your hobbies when you were around? Yes, thank you. I absolutely loved growing up in the Bay Area. It's kind of an amazing time in the history of San Francisco. I think it was still really a, a very creative and artsy town, but you know, obviously had that that tech element as well, but not quite as tech heavy as it is now. But I really grew up surrounded by a lot of artists, designers, architects. My mom is actually a color consultant for architectural materials. So that was kind of her circle. And also hence why I have a color name, Emerald, (laughs) her favorite color. I definitely had a big, big interest in art, fashion, tech, and business from a pretty young age. And I was super, super creative. I was always, you know, doing photo shoots in my bedroom, dressing up my friends, making my own little magazines. I really kind of like creating little worlds and creating feelings. I would spend hours organizing and decorating my room. That's what I was going to ask you if you knew you were going to go into fashion at a young age, but it definitely sounds like Yeah, I think that love of like creating worlds and feelings was really something that I took into building brands as I got older. And I also had an interest in tech. So I coded my first fashion website around the age of 11, which was super fun. I went to a school with a lot of computer resources, which was which was really cool. And I actually started my first brand when I was 14. I started selling headbands and jewelry. It was called Sarletette. I actually had a sales rep. Oh, how cute. (laughs) I had stores in San Francisco, LA, New York. I mean, obviously very small, but I made some money and it sort of gave me a taste of that entrepreneurial spirit to be a very, very young entrepreneur. So that was, those were my hobbies. And that's, that's, that's my growing up story. That is neat. Well, I mean, coding at age 11, I, I don't think I even heard of the internet until I was a senior in college. So... (laughs) I don't know if it was just being, you know, secluded down south or maybe it's just the age difference, but that's amazing. That's so great. I remember being very confused about why the internet was important when I first heard about it or like what anyone was going to be able to do with it really. But my school definitely fostered that that interest in me, which was which was lovely. Yeah. And I think even to this day here in San Francisco, I love the fact that we definitely have our own style out West. And of course, tech is a topic in most conversations. So what a great place to grow up. I do love living here. So I guess, so did you then know that you wanted to go to Parsons at a young age as well? Or what led you to that decision making? So at a very young age, I knew it was New York. Like I had to be in New York. Both my parents are from there. So I grew up going there. And the energy that I felt being in that city was something I'd never experienced before. And I just couldn't wait to get there. I thought San Francisco was so provincial. (laughs) I would literally 
I would go downtown and kind of like squint my eyes and almost pretend I was in like a bigger city, which is pretty, pretty silly. I need to bring you to South Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I mean, I was a little, my, my perspective was clearly a little skewed. I knew Parsons was the school. I can't remember when or how I exactly learned that, but at some point along the way, I, I discovered Parsons. And then subsequently, I discovered they had a program called Strategic Design and Management. And this program was geared entirely towards basically conducting business within creative industries. So I have a business degree from an art school, but it also allowed to take electives in, you know, I took fashion illustration, photography, digital design, graphic design. So I kind of was able to satisfy my creative side, but also my entrepreneurial and business side. Thank God I got in because who knows <laughs> where where else I was going to go. There was no other college program that was of interest to me. But I wrote my entry essay about, you know, my experience as a entre- young, young entrepreneur about Surlatet and how I built it and how I could use the program to kind of take that further. And it felt super natural. I, you know, I had a lot of friends studying what seemed like really random things in college. And I felt like I was studying something that was very true to what I wanted to learn. So it was very exciting to find that. Yeah. And that's a special set of skills. I mean, I think within this business and most creative fields, you either have one way of thinking or the other, which is, you know, more of a business focus or a creative. It's hard to find hybrids and, and to survive as a founder of a brand. I think having business is so fundamental, important. Absolutely agree. Good for you. And your career path has continued with a business focus. So you graduated, but then you landed an internship at Teen Vogue and then on to Vogue. How did you end up landing those internships? Did you write about the business that you had started as well? So I ended up at Teen Vogue through a friend who I went to high school with in San Francisco, who was a year older, also went to Parsons and was interning there. And, you know, I was a major Teen Vogue fan. I was obsessed with magazines from a pretty young age. So he got me an interview. I landed an internship in the fashion closet, which was, I just like pinched myself, could not believe that this was real. I made so many friends, so many contacts. I was literally in heaven, just became friendly with editors, stylists. I even got a few accessories that I made shop for the magazine, which again, I just like could not believe this was my life. I ended up really loving it and leveraging the connections I made there to get into an internship at Vogue. So I was in the accessories closet at Vogue. Again, I just could not believe I had a literal key to the door of Vogue magazine. I was in the closet, you know, seeing Anna Wintour and Grace Pottington in the office, watching crates of couture arrive, you know, heading on shoots. And this was still kind of the golden age of print editorial. This was like 04, 05. So the end of it, but you know, the budgets were still there. It was still pretty glamorous. I really, really loved it. But ultimately what I realized was there's not a ton of magazines. There are only three jobs kind of like in the entire industry that, that I wanted to have. And there were obviously thousands of people clamoring for those. So I thought, okay, I, I really learned editorial. I've really loved this, but maybe I need to go back to understanding sort of fashion and, and business and, and getting more into the brand side. Like within a brand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what was your next step from there? So from there, I went straight out of Parsons into Proenza Schooler, 
I was an early employee. It was very, very small, less than 20 of us. It was the hottest, coolest kind of downtown brand at the time. We had this crazy design studio right in the heart of Chinatown. And I really used it as an opportunity to kind of, again, like learn fashion as a business. It was a really small company, so I could see how everything worked together. I watched how production worked with PR, worked with design. I watched and learned very closely from the CEO, Shirley Cook, someone I'm actually still in touch with, which is great. And it was very exciting producing fashion shows, seeing how sales worked, that whole process. Very cool to see how it all came together. So that was a blast. (laughs) And I decided, okay small business, understood. And I went on to coach and I thought, okay, now I'm going to learn big business. How does a big business operate? (laughs) And I started as the assistant to the SVP of RMP, which stood for Retail Merchandising Planning and Allocation. To be honest, I didn't even really know at all what that meant, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to find out. So my boss was David Duplantis, which as we spoke briefly in prepping for this podcast, we realized we both have a David Duplantis connection. You potentially maybe even being related, (laughs) maybe related. You may be related, I swear. Yeah, a quick short on that. There's like, according to my family, because my mom is a Duplantis in Louisiana, there were like four Duplantis brothers that came there from France and and then now there are so many Duplantis in Louisiana. So we all think that we're related. <laughs> so funny. Such a small world. Yes. So funny. Small world. So I figured out what RMP was. About six months in, David pivoted a bit and launched Global Web and Digital Media, which was kind of a whole new division of the company. It was basically like dot-com and e-commerce were sort of really starting to take over. And he really recognized that. And you felt he. He really also took you under his wing as well, right? Like he's become one of your mentors. Yeah, absolutely. So as his assistant, I was obviously very close with him. And he said, okay, are you coming over? Like we're starting this new division. Do you want to come? I was like, obviously. And one of the really fun parts of that was figuring out how to be a brand on social media, how to be a fashion brand on social and like what that meant and what that looked like and having, you know, I was really young and I had been on Facebook since college and, you know, something that was just a cool, it had nothing to do with my job, obviously, but the idea that that could maybe be part of my job was really fun. So he was kind of paving the way in something that had no precedent in exploring, like I said, brands on web two. How does a brand talk, behave, act on social? How do we work with, they were still bloggers, they weren't influencers yet. How do we work with bloggers, doing blogger design collaborations? You know, all the executives were kind of scrambling to understand new tech. David was really taking a lot of risks, winning a lot of awards. It was a really, really fun time. It was so cool to have a front row and watch someone, you know, steer really a legacy brand into an entirely new space. So I really loved it. And he also, you know, was super cool about letting me sit in on as many meetings as I wanted to and and learn as much as I could and have informational meetings with various execs around the company. So it was a really, really great experience. And like I said, David's still still a mentor of mine and very much part of my life, which is which is so lovely. Yeah, it's great when you're lucky enough to have these people in your life that, you know, that aren't family, but just a really, really amazing mentor, especially in the business. So Emerald, you were so lucky to find a mentor in the business. What kind of advice can you give people in terms of how they can really find someone that's you know special like that to guide them in their career path? I think one 
important thing to think about when you're thinking about mentorship and being a mentee is not only what they can teach you, but what you can teach them. So remembering that it's really a two-way street and, and keeping that in mind. You know, mentors with more experience, there's also something to learn from younger generations or people with less experience or seeing their perspective on the world, their perspective on brands. Chances are they're curious about what you're thinking as well. So I think it's just key to remember that and not feel like you're, you're taking from them, but remember there's something you can give them as well and just really lean into that two-way relationship. And just in addition to that, like mentor or not, really befriending people of other generations, I think is really important. There's so much to learn from people that are both older and younger than you. I just try to make that kind of a tenant of how I live my life, making sure I have those, those different perspectives. Yeah. Such great advice. Absolutely. With mentoring and with hiring, it's great advice. What, so all of that sounds amazing. What, but we all know also fashion is such a hard, you know, industry. It's a tough, tough place to be. So can you share like maybe like a biggest failure and like what you've learned from it? So I spent about three, maybe three, four years at coach struggle. I think for me was it felt pretty siloed in terms of what my options were coming out of being an assistant, where I had such a great perspective on so many things that were going on. And it also just kind of what ultimately wasn't quite creative enough, but I suddenly knew so much about something everyone was trying to understand. And I started just having a lot of word of mouth inquiries. How do I do my brand on social? What's email marketing? You know, how is this all going to work? What does this mean? Oh my God, I'm panicking. So I took that knowledge and I started consulting. I became a freelance, basically creative strategist with a focus on digital marketing. Again, mostly in fashion, fashion tech, retail, beauty, working with brands like Stuart Weitzman, Ford Models, and retail with Five Story New York, a little work in the beauty space for Lancome, which was a blast. Simultaneously, I started a jewelry blog called The Stone Set with one of my former coach colleagues, Jenna Wise, and it was kind of an editorial jewelry platform, which I really use as a something really fun to do and <laughs> get to see some incredible jewels, but also sort of an experiment in creating scrappy, organic, social-friendly content. I did all the photography. And this was it. This is a side gig. This is like a, just like a fun side project. We work with Cartier and you know really high jewelry brands but we'd also do fashion stuff we'd shoot Balenciaga jewelry Scaparelli jewelry and also work with like Bergdorf retail brands so anyway just a really great experience almost almost called it like the ultimate portfolio piece Jenna Wise who was my partner in the stone set eventually ended up leaving her corporate job and we started consulting together and we founded off of the stone set stone set studio which was really our brand building agency a brand building consultancy I me as co-founder and creative director and Jenna as you know my my fellow founder managing director and really a paid media maestro so we spent a lot of time evolving legacy brands guiding new brands on creative strategy storytelling content everyone from really big guys like Amazon, Revlon, Barneys to pre-launch startups really exciting time very crazy but so many cool opportunities, so many challenges, so many adventures. From there, the pandemic switched things up a bit as it did for everyone. Jenna is now in product marketing at Meta, 
and I ultimately joined a larger agency called Metier Creative, a senior creative director, which was a lovely experience. I'd known the founder, Ann Kleinberg, for years, worked on some great projects there, Maybelline, Orbe, Outset, Jordache, really, really wonderful experience and an amazing team of women. And after that very long spiel, that brings me sort of to where I'm at now. So I'll, I'll wrap up this journey. But I'm, I'm currently back to consulting and I'm also exploring building a venture in the Web3 space. I think, to be honest, I'm a little bit chasing the high from those, those unprecedented days of Web2 at Coach with David. And how to build a brand on social was, was the, the big challenge at that time. How to build a brand in the metaverse is kind of the new challenge. There's just so many opportunities for creative ways to connect with consumers, involve the audience. That's another podcast. I won't go into too much detail, but I'm really building something that's like a web three native brand in the fashion space. And I really want to onboard kind of a new audience to that world, pair physical products with, you know, digital twins, help people learn the space. It's very male heavy. I'd like to get more women interested in it. And then ultimately also learn it so I can help other brands learn it. Well, it seems super Super neat. I mean, I guess in the end, maybe you haven't had too many failures per se, but just some detours. I have, I have a few, I have a few words of wisdom perhaps to share about. Yeah. Words of wisdom are great. Perhaps not so much failures, but maybe a few, a few ways to perhaps prevent failure. And this really comes from working with so many different brands and so many different personality types. But I would say in a nutshell, Never take on a project where you can't move the needle in a measurable way. It's just like, just don't do it. I think another big one was really understanding when a, when a brand says they want to evolve, get really clear on how far they actually want to push it. I've definitely tripped up on like pushing a brand way too far and you just have to be clear, you know, where, where do you really want to go? Is this like a 10% evolution or an 80% evolution? Usually it's more like a 15, 20% evolution, but yeah, just get really clear on that from the, from the get go. And then uh, just don't take on a project you don't believe in or, or can't muster the passion for. It's, it's tough. Cause you know, you need to make money, you're running a business, but it, it really shows in the work and ultimately kind of doesn't contribute to your own progress. That's great advice. Learn major learnings. I just recently read this amazing book that I highly recommend called the who by Jeff smart. And it was recommended to me by my entrepreneur organization group. And you know, it's one of those things where it's like when you're interviewing somebody, it's the same with deciding who you're going to work with, you know, in brands, but also with people that you're bringing onto your team as you team build. And it's really understanding what are your goals. So like definitely understanding what are your goals as a brand? What are your goals, you know, in wanting to join a team, getting very clear on that and making sure that there's an alignment of values, I think, too, and understanding. So, so important. Well, that's great advice. And I loved hearing about all the amazing different things that you've done in such a short period of time and the brands that you've worked with. That's really cool. And I look forward to learning more, but where, where can people connect with you to follow your work so you can find me on instagram at emerald carol 
emerald at emeraldcarol.com. Of course, on LinkedIn, if you're a brand looking to connect, if you're just an individual who wants to chat brand worlds or Web3, don't be shy. Please reach out. Very grateful to you, Elizabeth, for the lovely interview and the collab for having me. So thank you so much. Sounds great. Thank you all for joining us. And thank you, Christy, also for putting this group together. I mean, gosh, what an incredible group this collab is. Well, thank you all for joining us at the collab. We loved having you with us and hopefully you've been able to pack a few things from our interview to help you along your way. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.